What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to The Closing Table. This is Ryan Adams. This podcast is 100% dedicated to providing entrepreneurs, leaders, and salespeople the tools and resources that are easy to implement that will help improve your business and your life. We're located in Houston, Texas, and we're dedicated to help deliver that value to you each and every episode. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I'd like to welcome to our show uh, today, um, Jared Davis. Jared has been working in the real estate industry now for 28 years as an investor, uh, and for the past 20 years has been a real estate broker. Uh, amazingly, I just didn't even know this, and Jared's actually my own uh, business coach in real estate. I've been working with Jared for about a year and a half, and I was like, man, I need to have Jared on. But Jared did $1 billion, yes, $1 billion in sales in 2015. Um, and one thing I love about Jared is like he's just really uh, passionate about helping team leads grow their business, whether you're in real estate or whatever it might be. He's with uh, Tom Ferry International uh, as a coach, probably spends 9% of his time doing that. And uh, I was like, man, I got to get him. He's, he's coming to us from Canada today. Um, and uh, Jared, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Obviously, you know, we know each other, you know, really well. I'm kind of intimate with your business and all that. So I'm I'm excited to be here, man. Good, 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 good. Well, I'm glad you came and thanks for taking the time. Uh, so tell us real quick, man. Um, I want to get into a couple topics with you. One will be team building, growing teams. How do you lead as a team leader? I want to talk about your book, which is actually very helpful. It's been helpful in my life to learn how to work with people in general, whether it's your team or whoever it might be. And then maybe you can even tell us a little bit about your uh, training of animals, which is just a great little side side thing or whatever. So tell us how you got to where you're at right now. Well, you know, I'll start there. Like, I mean, originally, I know I might be get a little blurry. I'm in the country and I think my internet's coming in and out. But anyway, it's all good. You can hear me. Um, I think the reality, yes. you know, in the, in the very beginning when I was super young, I started a career training animals. And so I actually worked in Las Vegas. I trained Siegfried and Roy's uh, tigers in, uh, you know, for their show in Las Vegas. And, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't make a ton of money doing that. And I was lucky enough at that time uh, to get involved with uh, some real, you know, some really high hardcore business investors, real estate investors who saw me at 19. And they basically just said, hey, are you handy? And I said, sure. And they said, how about this? We'll buy some houses. Um, you'll go in, you'll fix them up, we'll sell them, and then we'll split the proceeds. And I'm like, sounds good at 19. And so I started that at 19 and really, really quickly, we we gained a lot of houses. We sold a lot of houses. And I recognize that, man, it, listen, I could stay as an animal trainer, which is my passion that I love and I still do, uh, you know, yet it wasn't as financially lucrative as, uh, you know, as real estate was. And so I got into real estate, got my license, realized, oh, man, if I get my own license, and I can take then the commission and, and reinvest back into the houses. And so that's kind of how I started in real estate. And then in 20, I think it's 2020, I started our uh, nonprofit Tales of the Wild. Uh, it's our nonprofit animal rescue. So I was able to, you know, kind of twist around my, you know, my business, um, what I did for a business and what I did for money into my passion, which it always was, all the way into uh you know, all the way into to real estate. And so I started really as an investor. And then as I got my real estate license and got into real estate, there are plenty of real estate agents that would say, hey, you know, tell me, what do you, you know, how do you do it? Because I wasn't your typical real estate agent in the beginning. And then I started working with buyers. And, you know, eventually I, I grew a team and grew a brokerage. And then we started, 
you know, and then I went back and went, hey, you know, this is the way that real estate works the best. Or the team needed a billion dollars in sales in, in 2015. And now I, you know, I primarily just step back and I'm like, I'm just going to coach. And you do, you do such a good job at it. And you're um, like, when you made the transition from going from animal training, which there's not many people that make that transition. Mean, maybe there are to make transition to real estate. I would not think that's a huge uh, segment of people, but, and it's awesome. Really cool. Like, I don't know. I, you know what? I know one guy, I know one gal. It's a friend of a friend that trains seals at the Houston zoo. That's about it. That's oh, all I got. There you go. Um, but, you, but you're, you're like tigers. That's like a whole different ball game. Um, mm-hmm. but when you transition into that, which real estate being a, well, I'm assuming when you did training, you were in a, like you had a salary, you had a paycheck, I'm assuming, or yeah. was it commission based too? No, no. When I was training animals, it was okay. a salary. And it, let's be honest, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a large salary because let's be real, Siegfried and Roy could hire anyone to come train their tigers. Right. That's their thing, right? So, it, uh, yeah, right. So when you made the transition into a hundred percent commission based job, how did you do that? Well. You know, and like I, mindset, mindset, time, savings, everything. Well, I, you know, I went from being having an employee mindset of, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, working for money of, of then how to, you know, how do I transition from that into a place where I'm responsible for, for making money? What I recognize is as long as I work for somebody else, nothing wrong with that. It's just as long as I work for someone else, they're always right. going to control my time, control my money, control how much I make, control all of that. And so for me, I don't like to say it was an easy transition, but I had invested in real estate. And so it was a natural transition for me. The reality of it is, is I had to recognize that if I wanted to do better in life, if I wanted to do better financially, if I wanted to do that, then I had to take responsibility. And so that mindset shifted from a perspective of, I'm just going to go to work every day for somebody else to, man, if I equally work as hard for me, then that income will be a lot, a lot more, right? So the reality, the reality is, is if I continue to do that, then I'm, you know, going to make more money. And so I, at the end of the day, I just simply um, had the mindset of, man, I'm going to work my butt off, but my working my butt off this time for me is going to benefit me and make more money for me and allow me more control of my time. And so it was again, it's all mindset. Here's the problem: a lot of people doubt themselves. And so I, I had a personality style that, yeah. man, I just went after it and I did it. Most people doubt themselves. And if you doubt yourself, then you're going to, it's going to be that hesitancy, hesitancy to step forward into, well, your own personal greatness. I know that sounds fruity, but it's very, very true. Like if you're, right. he- and if you're hesitant of doing that, then you're always going to hold back. And for me, I didn't hold back. So if someone is out there and they're working um, a full-time job and they want to get into real estate, you have to understand, like you got to get super clear that as long as you put the work in, then you will do well. But you got to put the work in. This isn't a, 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 I think one of the biggest mistakes agents make when they start in this business is they think it's going to be easy. They see, you know, agents driving around in nice cars and making money. And they don't understand that the, that that agent originally had to put a lot of work into it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I literally just had this conversation today and it was, and I was basically telling a, um, an agent that like, Hey, um, 
the re, you know, like I'm in a spot in my business where I do get calls where people are calling me going, Hey, could you come list my house in the real estate industry? Call them, come list me, whatever. Uh, but my first two, three years, no, like that never happened. Yeah. And, um, there, and agents will always go, man, how do you get that? How do you, whatever? I was like, do you know what I did yeah. in year one, two, three, four to be able to be in a spot when I'm in year six and seven? to be able to get those type of calls. Like, I mean, I think I wish I could help people understand that are new in the industry going like I did two, three, four open houses every weekend. I spent three, five hours a day prospecting in years one, two, and three. So that when I'm now in year six and seven, I don't have to do that intense of prospecting. I still have to do some, but I don't have to do that intense. And so, and I think a lot of people is like, they see, the, you know, it's just like anything, TV shows or social media or whatever, and they see the lifestyle of here's what a realtor is, but all the different steps that it took to get to, for them to be at that point, I mean, you, you can't film that. That would not be a good show to watch, right? No, Let's just watch someone sitting on the phone for three hours. Like, gotta, gotta work your butt off. That's the reality yeah. of it. And like, here's the truth, and this is what drives me insane, is, is if most people who take a job, they show up to their job every single day, they work from eight till four. Now, whether they work hard or not, that's up to them. But the reality is, is they at least show up. And so in real estate, you got to do the same, right. man. Like if you treat it like a job and you really work it, then you'll get to a stage. Like how long have you been doing real estate, Ryan? I'm starting my seventh year. So like then yeah. after seven years, then you will get some business that comes to you. But in the very beginning, you got to work it. Like you got to go out and, and chase that business. And if you yeah. don't, you're not going to win. Matter of fact, you know, I, I laugh because I do a lot of fun stuff and I was just up skiing in Vermont and someone messaged me, oh, Jared, you're always doing cool things. And I'm like, yeah, because because I, that's what I work to do. But I said, here's the thing. Before I got to do the cool things, I was willing to do all the hard things. Right. And, yeah. and that's what yeah. most people don't want. They want to go totally. where they are to, to do that's good. the great things, but not willing to do the work in the middle. Yeah, totally. All right. So you, you became successful as a coach. I'm mean, sorry, as not as a coach, you're a coach. You are successful as a coach, but as a real estate agent, when did you go? All right. Now I'm going to scale this up, add team members. How did you do it? What were some of the things that the mistakes you made and what were some of the things that you learned? Oh, that worked. Let me do that again. As you grew your team. Well, you know, again, I was <laughs> I was lucky to make a lot of mistakes when I was super young. So then I was able to catch up. So like I started real estate, you know, probably around 19, yeah. 20 years old. I had my own business, you know, very, very young. Um, and and I'm, I'm just going to talk about this. Um, you know, I wrote I wrote this book called Adapt, Building Strong, Meaningful Relationships Through through Self-Discovery. Because here's I have it right here. Yeah, there you go. I got right. my copy. Yeah, good, 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 good. Um. It, you can go to adapt.com, get your own copy or go to Amazon or Audible. It's everywhere. So go, you know, go get it. But here's the reality. I wrote that book because what I learned early on in life is that if you're going to do something big, you can't do it alone. Right. And so right. like, and here's the truth yeah, as a, as a totally. salesperson, as a leader, man, I, you know, I used to, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the greatest, most personable person. Right. Like, I mean, I, I remember one time in the company right. that I worked at, I was my niece. She she longed to come work for me. And and that was her, you know, her dream was to come work for me in my business. And I said, man, you get good grades when you graduate from, um, you know, school, you can come work for me. She came to work for me and it wasn't too long. And I saw her sitting out at the picnic table 
And, you know, her dad, her dad was there and I said, hey, Bill, go, uh, you know, go tell Crystal to get to work. And he looked at me and he said, man, she's she works for you now. You go tell her. And, uh, you know, and so I went out to the big table and I did what, you know, what bosses do. Right. I went out and I said, Crystal, get back to work, blah, blah, blah. And she looked up at me with tears in her eyes and she said, you know, I wanted to come work for you for a long time. And you're nothing more than a giant let's say butthole, but that's not the word she used. Like you can use your imagination, right? right. You're a giant butthole. And I went, what? Sure. And now listen, here's the truth, Ryan. Do you think that was the first time I heard that in my life? I don't, I, I mean, I would not think so. Cause you're <laughs> yeah. part of your personality. You're right? Right? right. So again, yeah, right. like, what do I say here? I don't know what the right answer is. No, but, but no, it's yes. <laughs> yeah. but no, that's not the first time I, I heard that. Right. But it was one of the most meaningful times that I heard that. And what I knew Sure. Is that if I right. wanted to grow in anywhere that I had to be around people. And so I wrote that book because the only person that really had to change in that situation was me. I had to get better as a leader. And so when you say, when did I do right. that is early in my career, I recognized that if I'm going to do anything great, I got to learn how to do it better with, with, with other people. And so I tried, I started mastering personality profiles, mastering other people, how they think. Cause like, let's, let's be honest. We all do this. We all think everybody thinks like us. And here's the truth. You and me, yes. Like, yes. you and me, we make a very small portion of the, uh, of the population, the way we think high driving personalities, business entrepreneurs, we're just a small group. And so we don't understand sometimes how right. other people think, but in order to get them to move, we got to, you know, we got to leverage through others. So I was lucky enough that even when I got into my real estate career, I knew that if I wanted more, Right. If I wanted more money, if I wanted more time, if I wanted, you know, to to invest in other people's lives. Like one of the th reasons I'm a coach now is I love seeing other people succeed. I love investing in other people um, so that they can succeed. Like it's something that I love to do and it's genuine. Um, and so growing my team was a natural progression of finding just the right people. Like I found the the right assistant that came in and helped me. I found the right agents that came in to help me. And, I, and it was all about that. And so I, I grew into a team in real estate before teams were even cool, right? Like I, I had a team before right. you know, teams were even a thing. And it was only because I knew that I could do more. And then, you know, when I was coaching right. with, uh, with my coach at the time that we did a billion dollars, he said to me, you're never going to do a billion dollars with what you have, but you can do a billion dollars if you get more help. And so we just went out and we hired people and we aligned with people that had the same goal. And so it was a natural prog progression for me to a point that other people will take you wherever you want to go, whether it's a billion dollars in sales, whether it's, you know, whether it's a million dollars in GCI, whether it's whatever it is, if you get in with other people that are aligned with you, you can go anywhere you want. Yeah, I love that. Um, what would you say, like, it, you know, for people are out there, because you just said it, like, I found these type of people, whatever. How did you, how did you, what was your tactic? What was your strategy to go find the people you wanted for your team? Yeah. You know, I'm not naturally an outgoing personality. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, you know, again, I like to be by myself. I'm kind of a, a I'm, People will see me as, oh, he's an outgoing, but I'm not. I, I really like it. So the biggest challenge with finding other people was you have to go out and be around a lot of people, right? You have to go out and be around a lot of people. So right. when you say, and, you know, let's talk about our real estate industry. Our real estate industry, I think they say new agents, like 
percent of them fail within the first like two years or something. Yeah. Is that the stat? And so, yes, you know, when that you, sounds that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you say, hey, man, I want to go out and hire people to be if you want to interview one or two people, then there's a pretty good chance that you're going to find the people that are going to fail in this industry. And so it's really about putting yourself out there and getting to know a lot of people like you want to hire agents. Right. Get out. And get out in front of a lot of agents so you can pick and choose the ones that align with you. Right. And there's that side. And then there's the other side and show off the agents that are succeeding in your team because everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to win. And so if you show off the what's how you're winning in your business and you align yourself with other great agents, man, they're going to want to align themselves with you. It's like a come list me call in real estate. I mean, that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like how, like if, if, if real estate teams are working online leads, it's just a numbers game. Like average online lead is a conversion of what two, two to 3%, whatever that is. Yeah. You have to, you have to get the quantity to be able to get the quality. And so you're saying that's kind of similar with recruiting is like, you gotta, you gotta see enough come in and enough conversations to at some point you go, all right, this one's special. Man, you got to get into enough relationships with people that could align with you to find the ones that are really good, right? To find the ones that are really good because there's lots of really good people out there. But if you don't get out in front of as many people as you can, you're, it's you know you're not you're you're definitely not going to you know be able to bring on people in. And then when you bring them on, invest time into them, right? Get get with them, help yeah. them, support them because that's the other thing about team building. If you don't take time to help people grow, like they're not you. And that's the biggest mistake people make, right? They think, well, they're just like me. No, they're not at right. all like you, right? And so right. the reason they're joining your team is because they want your support. They want your help. They want your guidance. They want you to push them. They want you to be their biggest cheerleader. And if you aren't that for them, then you're setting them up to fail. I, I look, took, I took it on as a responsibility that, man, if I'm bringing someone on my team, it's my responsibility to help them succeed. And if they're not doing it, then either I hired the wrong person, yeah. I'm in business with the wrong person, or I'm not giving to them like I should give to them. That's leadership. Right. So you, and you touched on it a little bit there, what like you brought, you brought people on. And then when you brought them on, I'm assuming you gave them some type of expectation and whatever that might be of like, Hey, here's what we need to do. What have you used and what have you seen the best practices for creating accountability tracking, setting goals, making it measurable, helping your team members achieve their goals, whether real estate or not real estate. But what are the, what are some of the best practices that you've seen to really like hold people accountable, but also like kind of create that process from a numbers perspective, you're really big in the tracking. I mean, when we get on, we get on a coaching call, it's like, all right, right, first thing, Ryan, what's your numbers? What'd you do? Boom, 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 boom. You know, and it's been great reality for me of just like how much I need to track that I never did before. Um, but tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, in order to know where you, where you're going, you got to know where you are, right? Like that's the reality in order to know where you're going, you got to yeah. know where you are. And so that's with, with you as a high producing, uh, team lead, but it's also with an individual agent. And so like, I mean, I think I've told you is there's nothing better than bringing an agent in and an agent going, well, I got zero closing, zero pay. And it's not that you want to make him feel bad. It's been, you got to know where you are. Cause if right. you come in and you're feeling good because you made your calls, but yet you've got zero in your pipeline. Like, I don't want that because I want you to know exactly where you are. And so like communication has to be, if you think you can bring someone into your team and not communicate with them on a regular basis and set them up to win, 
then again, you're 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 poking and hoping to on success. You've got to get engaged with them. I'd say there's no there's nothing complicated by helping people win. Now, can you use all kinds of tools around it? Sure, but it's about making sure that that you set standards and expectations, and that you hold to them. Right, because I, I see it all the time in in the industry. I mean, you're a coach, you're a successful coach as well. You see it on the teams that we work that we set standards, and then we don't hold it to them. So that you know, our teams lack integrity. Our agents lack integrity, and it's because you, as the leader, you haven't held them to the standard that you set. And here's the deal: you set standards, you set expectations as the leader, but you don't set their goals. You let them set their goals. They got to have belief in what they do. Right. Right. And so, right. And so it's, it's okay for you to set the standard. It's okay for you to set the expectation, but then they better align with that. And when I, you know, if you, if your expectation is for someone to do 24 transactions a year and they come in and they go, my goal is to do 12, you're just out of alignment with that person. They're not a bad person. They're just out of alignment. And so either you've got to lower your standards or they've got to raise their goal. Now, I would never encourage you to lower your standards. I would encourage you to either push them to raise their goal, which is, if it's not, if they don't believe they can do it, they're probably not going to do it or just go find other people that are willing to do it. But you've got to hold to the standards and expectations and you've got to have clarity around them. Like everybody has to know these are the rules of the game. If you want to play in our game, these are the rules of the game. This is how you show up. Right now, if they're, if someone's falling behind, then you can't, you can't leave them behind. You got to step up and help them. Because you have a choice, right? You have a choice to step up and help them or you've got to set them free, right? If they're not going to align with your standards and expectations, then holding them there and not allowing them to succeed is not helping them or you. So you got to be willing to set them free. And so the truth is, you know, when you look at that, it's the best thing that you can do for any agent on your team is meet with them weekly. Now, I coach, I coach some teams that are 100 plus agents. How do you do that, right? Well, there's different structures around us doing that. But you at least got to make sure that you're visible with them, that you're in communication with them, you know, on a regular basis, right? And so accountability isn't isn't always about pounding them with a hammer, because that's what sometimes when we hear accountability, we think, oh, we've got to try. Sometimes right. people just need encouragement, right? Right. And so when you when you say is there a magic trick um, to uh, you know to accountability, I'm going to say this: the hardest thing that you and I can do is encourage people. Not that we don't want to, we, we, we would love to encourage people, but in our brains, we go, man, I'm willing to work hard. Why isn't everyone willing to work hard? Go work hard. But that's not encouragement to some people, right? And so we've got to be better encouragers. And that's tough for some of us as, as yes. leaders, right? It's tough for us to be encouragers, but that is, that becomes our job because they need it from us. And so Meet with them weekly, become a better encourager, set standards and expectations, then hold to those standards and expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because like I think sometimes I don't know why it's this way, but I uh, I was having a conversation with one of the agents on our team this morning and we're kind of doing some things. I kind of shared with you before about like doing this agent scorecard every week. And um, I was like, do you f- let me ask you a question. Do you feel and so, and first, before I ask this question, I feel like as a team lead, as a leader, that the accountability measures I have in place right now are almost a little, like, I feel like it's a little too pressing. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to like, you know, make, add more, you know, administrative work to your schedule every day, week, whatever it might be. 
that's how I feel. I feel like I'm already pushing it. And the agent I was talking to has actually never been on a team, mainly been an individual agent. And I asked him the question, I go, Hey, do you think that I'm the level of accountability that I bring to our team? Would you say it's too soft or too hard? You know, and I was totally expecting him to say too hard. He goes, it's, it's probably too soft. And I was like, wow. Like I totally didn't, I was not expecting that. Um, and I think a lot of times as leaders, uh, we are scared to bring that accountability in because we're like, Hey, if I bring too much accountability, they're not going to like it and they're going to leave and whatever. But a lot of it seems to me, it feels like a lot of agents are wanting the accountability. They need to see somebody step up and say, this is what you got to do. Did you do it? Did you not do it? What are we going to do now? Kind of thing. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, there's two sides of it. They, they not only do they want it, but they probably need it just like you and I need it. I mean, you know, right. we, we all, we do need someone that again, push us, us along the path that we want to go. Cause if we don't, if we don't, then we tend to take the, the easier road. We all do. That's just, that's just human nature. It's easier for us to take the easy road. So why wouldn't we? Right. And so we need someone to help push us along the, the, the tough path. And so here's, here's your responsibility as a leader, right? To make sure everyone's hitting their goals. And so if, if everyone's not hitting your goals, you got to look at your accountability and go, what piece am I missing? Right. And you go, what piece am I missing? And it could be, it could be, Hey, I'm pushing them too hard. It could be, I'm not pushing them enough. Most of it's most of the time it's that you're not pushing them enough because nobody doesn't want to hit their goals. No one wants to fail. Right. Right. And so when we look at accountability and we look at the work, now I'm going to ask you this, do they all have enough business in their pipeline that they're busy enough not to be able to accomplish what you're setting them to do? Right. And if the answer is no, like, listen, I'm okay. Like, let's be honest. You and I are in a business that we know that if, if someone is doing, I don't know, five, six, seven transactions a month on our team, right? If, if they're falling off some of their activities, is it because they don't want to or there's fear around it? No, it's probably because they're legit busy, but, but it's not a worry for us. They're doing five, six, seven transactions. Most of the people right. who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, their biggest problem isn't time. Their biggest problem is commitment and time management. Right. And so it's our job to hold them to that. Now it's our job to encourage them into that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, who, what would you say to the, uh, to the agent, real estate agent, the, the business owner who's thinking about growing, scaling up and they you know, they, they feel like they need to like bring more people on to kind of like, offset the, their time in a sense, because they don't have time to work what's coming in. How would you, what's advice you give someone who's starting out in that process and looking to start team building? What would you, what would be the advice you would give to them going forward? Well, first of all, I think they need clarity of why they want to grow. Like why, why do they want to grow? Sure. And what's, what's the reason that they want to go get grow, get really clear on that. And then you need to make sure that you have the structure to grow into, right? And so the structure to grow into, the right people in the right seats already, um, and then get really clear on, man, if you're bringing in more staff, what's gonna be their job role? What's the expectation of the outcome for them? Don't just bring on people to say, hey, I need another person. Bring on people with the expectation of an outcome, right? And so that outcome may be, listen, I've got one person that's handling transactions and listings, and we're so busy taking so many listings right now that we need someone to do transactions, great. So. 
the outcome is I'm going to pull this person off of transactions, give it to this person. That way we can go take more listings and we've got that in place. Or I'm going to hire more agents. Okay, that's great. I, I have no problem. Like a lot of people go, well, I don't have enough leads to hire enough agents. You don't need leads to hire agents. You need a training system, a structure around how you're going yeah. to help them grow. You know, I mean, yeah, sure. It'd be great to have leads, but it's not necessary. Right. And you just need to have that. I'm going to ask you, do you have a training system, a support structure, an onboarding structure that's when you bring agents in that they're going to be set up to be successful? And if you have that system in place to be able to grow in those areas, then grow away. But this is what happens if you don't. And I see this all the time with agents who get who become really successful, hard to control their time. Um, and they just go out and hire people without any, with, for lack of it, better words, without any foundation. And they come in and it's a cluster, right? Because there's not even a structure around it for that individual, let alone a structure around it for, you know, another agent or a, a staff. And so what most people don't, don't do well in growth is preparing up front for what growth looks like. It doesn't mean that like, you know, it doesn't mean that you're, you're going to be spending all this money to get into it, but prepare up front what it looks like. Got it. Um, a couple more questions. Um, summary, uh, if you were to take the summary of this book, which you have, I mean, there's so many nuggets in this book. And by the way, guys, Adapt, he's got it on Amazon everywhere. Make sure you buy a copy. It's it's really great. Helps you, really, I will tell you this, it's not just for business. It's in life in general of how to understand people better and how to interact with them better. Um it's a, it's phenomenal for that. But if you were to like take like a couple of the biggest nuggets from this book that would help anyone just in their interactions with people in general, whether it's on their team or whatever it might be, what would you say the couple of biggest nuggets would be? You know, it's funny because people get which the is book. hard to sum up in a book, but yeah, well, people sometimes say, "Well, I get the books. I want to learn about others." Here's the here's the truth. I want you to get the book because the very first person you need to learn about is you. And so most people don't think about that and they don't think of it from that because they go, I just want to learn someone else. Yeah. Know some, I want to be able to know somebody else. But the truth is, if you don't know you, if you don't know what drives you, if you don't know what you've got to do to you know, move forward, to interact with other people, then, you're, then getting to know other people isn't going to help you. You've got to be really clear on who you are. So first, first and foremost, the book is designed for you to kind of get a self-awareness of who you are as a person. Why do you react? How do you react? How do you change? We talk a lot of it in the book about being in control and being out of control. And so like who you are is who you are. But who you are being out of control is very different than who you are in control. And so, you know, getting to recognize where the, the key factors are for you in order for you to grow. And man, we all know, like, like I said, it wasn't the first time that someone called me a butthead um, you know, when Crystal told me it just mattered the most. And before that, I never really looked at it because I'd always go, ah, it's just them. They're weak. They're no, no, I was being a butthole. Like that, let's be real. And so how do I not be a butthole? Or how do I not be so aggressive in my communication? Right. right? How do I how do I put other people first? Because we tend not to do that, not because we're mean or we're selfish or anything, but you know, if we don't understand us in, in relation to other people, it's hard for us to put other people first. Right. And so there's that factor. And then there's the factor of, of, listen, once you know who you are, in order to master growing a team, then you need to learn how to communicate with other personality styles. Right. There's there's two people in, in most communications or most relationships. One person is always in charge of that relationship. 
And I'm not saying that you take control mm-hmm. of it, but someone has to be the person that goes, hey, this is who I am. This is who you are. And in order for me to work with you, I have to be softer here, harder here. I've got to learn. Like, listen, I'm, I'm so not a detailed person, right? Like I spell things wrong. I send it out. Matter of fact, I was on uh, with Tom Ferry, speech coach, and she and she uh, said, said to me about my presentation, she's like, you seem to spell all things differently. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't even check it, right? So it's hard for me to understand somebody who is very detailed and very organized and very like, and it takes them forever to get a project done because I send out a project before it's finished, thinking it's finished, right? And so yeah, right. I look at them and I go, oh, they're lazy and they're slow. And oh my God, the truth is they're just detailed. And, and there's a piece of my life that I need that piece because I'm not like that, right? And so the book helps you really get clear on where you need people to help replace the things that are important to move forward. I love it. That's awesome, man. It's and it, man. I can tell you what, it's just, I mean, you're right though. It really brings more into understanding who you are and how you can best react expectations of other people. I mean, it's, it's really great. So if you guys haven't got it, make sure you grab it. A uh, couple other things. Um, we always do one, your drink of choice, by the way, I got it. Oh, look you at that. Diet Coke. Love it. Love it. Uh, I know it's, it's not, and I always do. And I, and I, and I always do a taste test and I'm not a diet Coke guy. Okay. I haven't had a Diet Coke in probably 10 years. I, I'm in Texas and we drank Dr. Pepper. Okay. Um, so Diet Dr. Pepper is our drink, but I'm going to give you my review here. I haven't had one in three years. Here you go. You ready? Okay. All right. All right. Right. Um, the genre I would put this in is just soda in general. I'm going to give it a 2.1, Jared. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry. Right. I know. I, mean, I know if you're a Diet Coke guy, I, but I know that people upset. Some people are obsessed with Diet Cokes and they love them and they're great, but man, listen, I don't have a lot I'm of, a, I'm, a, I'm Di- Dr. Pepper, Texas. I don't have a lot of bad habits. That is what, what's bad habit. about Diet Coke. What's bad about Diet Coke again? It's the, I don't know. I mean, what is it? The aspartame. That's what it, I would think, right? Yeah. Artificial sweeteners, aspartame or whatever is supposed to be bad for you. And, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I don't do many. I don't. I don't do. I don't. You know, do many bad things. Diet Coke's the worst thing I do. Um, last segment I always do on this is rapid fire. We're we're doing this. You're in Canada. I'm in Houston, so it's a little bit of delay. So it won't be as rapid as normal. But you got to answer these questions no longer than one sentence. Oof. And then we're gonna go from there. And then before we end, I want you to tell me. I want to talk one second about your. Um, your uh animal training thing um what is your go-to lazy dinner oh probably pizza because you're gonna embarrass me here is your bed made right now yes is your bed made right now yes okay what is the last craft you have made oh i so i'm working on a project in florida and it's the and it's the layout of the whole project. So it's a, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's all the homes and all the trees and all that. That's my last, pro- it's right over there. I could even show it to you. What is your favorite board game? Scrabble. Finish the phrase. The way to my heart is blank. Food. What is the one thing you wish you enjoyed more? 
lettuce. Uh, what is your favorite store? <sighs> probably Home Depot, which is terrible, but probably true. <laughs> That's I'm about that too. What time do you usually wake up in the morning? Six o'clock. Um, I mean, uh, what's your favorite movie genre? Comedy. Um, would you wear socks? Would you have you socks with sandals or no socks? No socks. Please, God. Thank God. All right. Uh, and then do you prefer work or play? Play. All right. There you go. I love it. All right. And then one of the last questions I always ask every person is you have 20, you have 24 hours, Jared. You can go anywhere you want to go. Time is no object. Money is no object. If you go, hey, I want to be there today, I'll, you'll be there today. Where would you go? What would you do? Who would you do it with? My family, we'd go to Africa on a safari. Simple. I know the, I know the answer to that. Love it. That's one of our bucket list things. So that's, that's awesome. All right. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on in Florida and what you do, what animals you have there, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so we have a Tales of the Wild. It's been around since 2020. It's our nonprofit animal rescue. And the truth is we do exotics. So we have tigers, monkeys, wolves, alligators, reptiles, lots of birds, um, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. It, you know, it originally started because I was in the entertainment industry with animals. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that we'd always at Siegfried Roy get phone calls of, hey, you know, can you rescue this animal? We weren't in the business of that. And so the truth is, you know, it was my, it's my passion. And so we set that up years ago as, as a rescue over the years, it's really kind of changed because a lot of the regulations have changed over the years. And there's not as many like tigers in backyards, but like, like, you know, very rarely do you ever see that anymore. And, you know, most exotics now are very regulated. So we really aren't, I mean, while we do still rescue, we go on rescues on a regular basis, mostly for birds or things like that. We don't see a lot of big rescues. And so we kind of do a lot of uh, conservation, preservation, um, education right now. So we see a lot of school groups, church groups. Um, you know, we have contracts with like at home groups, uh, school. Was it that at home school uh, groups and they come out. Uh, so we do a lot of conservation education right now. So. That's kind of what we do. And, uh, you know, we have people there. We have, I have lots of great help and, and leverage there. And, and they, they enjoy with the animals and the kids. And and uh, that's our kind of our focus right now. You can check us out. It's Tales of the Wild. You can check us out on Facebook, which is Tales of the Wild. Um, Instagram, Tales of the Wild, T-A-I-L-S. Or our website is talesofthewild.com. No, that's a lie. Talesofthewild.org. Org, not com. Org. There you go. Yeah, and he's got some crazy pictures of like him, like take like swimming with a tiger and elephants picking him up, and I mean it's just like, wow, yeah, it's but it's awesome. I love that about you. All right, last thing, if you were to give in a, in a quick paragraph, if you give that that business owner, that team leader out there, one last advice, who's like struggling and like they've tried building into teams, growing teams, and they just haven't done it, what would you tell them? I mean, they're just like, there's, they're burnt out, they're done. What well, was the you know, bit of advice you would give them? If I was giving someone a piece of advice about, um, 
not so much about building a team, but if I was giving someone a piece of advice about business, it's, it's really getting clear on the top three things that are going to move the needle. Right. And so, you know, when I, I was talking with someone today and that's, you know, they said to me, you know, for leaders, like even team leaders is, you know, what is, what is the, the, the questions that we should be asking them? And I'm like, well, they should be really clear on what the top three things is that's going to move the needle. And then to make sure that they're taking time every single day to work on those things. Cause here's the thing. We are busy people and we know what the top three, four things are. We just don't do them. And so there, it, there's no, there's yeah. no master, you know, Oh, here's the secret. The secret is take time to focus on the things that matter most and then jump into action. And if you do, you will move the needle, right? If you're, if I was giving a piece of advice for team leaders is to, um, if you're growing your team, get into the business with the right people sitting in the right seats and don't keep around people that aren't the right people, right? Because we tend to go out and we hire all these people, whether they're agents or staff, and they don't do the job we want them to do. And, you know, by nature, we don't want to fire anyone or put anyone out of work. By nature, we're, we're by nature, people are good. And so we don't want to do that. But the reality of it is, is you're not serving them or serving you. And so, you know, if you want to grow and you want to grow exponentially, then you better get in business with the right people. Love it. Awesome. Thank you, Jared, for coming. Uh, if people wanted to find more information about, find more information about you, where can they find you at on Instagram? What's your Instagram? Uh, any other places you want them to find you at? Sure. So it's at Jared Davis coach on Instagram. Uh, you can go on Facebook. It's under Jared Davis. Uh, the good news is there's probably not a ton of Jared Davises out there. Yeah. And so just, uh, you know, find me in those two places. You can message me any of those places if you need to get in contact with me. Awesome. Thanks again, Jared. By the way, Jared is two R's, J-A-R-R-O-D. So just yes, remember that you're looking. We will see you next time on Closing Table. Y'all have a good one.